next town is Gatlin. It's about 10 miles. Hello and welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And Sergio's eating chips because we're hungry and that's how it's going to be, I guess. Um, I'm sorry. We're trying. Can you hear me super well? Eating? No, because you're pointing the microphone away from you like a professional. Um, anyway, so we're here to talk about the remake of Children of the Corn, a.k.a. 8 out of 10. We're almost there, Sergio. I thought we were here to talk about Rage, the carry too. Well, I mean, you really you skipped ahead, but yes, we're going to be doing 10-word reviews of movies we watched in the past week. In this case, it is movie, and that movie is The Rage, Carrie 2. And what's your review of that? Um, incomprehensible and boring, effects-heavy Rachel is no Carrie 2. Eh? Oh. Okay, and my review is very cathartic, but only after a... What did I even write here? What does this say? I'm glad you struggled with your own writing the way I did earlier. Oh, oh okay. Very cathartic, but only after an hour-long white privilege slog. I couldn't even... I can't read it. I can't write it. It's terrible. I'm just a mess. Okay. You are a mess. What happened? No, I just, just tripped over myself. Beautiful. Anyway, so we, what we're here to talk about for realsies is Children of the Corn 2009, the TV remake that I believe was made for the Sci-Fi Channel. And here is the plot off the back of my Blu-ray that I own for reasons I do not wish to disclose. Can you share those reasons with our fans? No, I mean the reasons just for the podcast, but I'm embarrassed that I own this. Okay. From Donald P. Borchers comes the resurrection of the most unholy shocker of all. Um, For the record, he's the producer of the original Children of the Corn, and he's directing here, so that's interesting. Good exposition. Uh Uh-huh. It's 1975, and a young married couple, Vietnam vet Bert, played by David Anders of Heroes and The Vampire Diaries, and Preacher's daughter Vicky, Candace McClure of Battlestar Galactica, are driving cross-country. Oh, cool. Yeah, who knew? Straight into the heartland of hell. Here in Gatlin, Nebraska, the town's bloodthirsty children, led by the boy preacher Isaac and his teen enforcer Malachi, have slaughtered all adults by command of he who walks behind the rose. Now... Two new outlanders have arrived, and the time of sacrifice is at hand. Dun dun dun. Okay, so I mean, this is literally it's Children of the Corn all over again. It's, I mean, this is not something I was generally expecting. But we get Vicky again, we get Bert again, we get Isaac and Malachi, which truly all shocking. the favorites. Yeah, I I thought it might be just a readaptation of the short story, which I do believe does not have Isaac and Malachi, but oh. no. We're getting them again. I was actually very excited by that fact because I do like Isaac and Malachi and their uh, interaction. Their chemistry. Yeah. They're, yeah, I just I, I ship those two. When will mm. those two crazy kids ever figure it out? Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't. I kid. I joke. Um, but yes, the one mainstay that has been pulled from the short story rather than the original film is the fact that Vicky and Bert are horrible people that we hate spending time with it's true um they're bickering the whole time and they seem to hate each other and we hate them i don't remember hating them that much in the first movie no no the the movie softened the edges of the short story Mm -hmm. um 
because you know because they wanted us to have a good time because in a short story you can spend 20 pages with people that you hate because they're gonna die because the stephen king story and it's not that bad but 90 minutes is a long time it's a long time um anyway we rate these movies on scariness (laughs) campiness effects and quality uh i'm gonna start with scariness score i'm gonna steal all your cheese um metaphorically speaking of course i give it a two oh me too well, so you didn't steal my steez because I got it there first. Okay. So what's your... Uh, wait, why? Why is it two? Why is it two? And not a one, per se. Uh, there was one scene in the movie that was freaky. Well, um, Possibly two. Uh, ah, two. Um, <laughs> the one uh, in the car. That was not... F- two and two, two... The number two appearing twice is not funny. That's not a joke. It's funny for me. Okay. Learn to live a little. Uh, so when they're in the car, or when the girl's in the car... And then, like, the, the children, spoilers, the children are surrounding her, um, and they're destroying the car, trying to, like, get her out and kill her and capture her. Uh-huh. So then that way, Malika can be like, Outlander, we have your woman friend. And then... Except he doesn't, and that's sad. They don't, because they straight up kill her. Uh, Thank I God, f- though. I found that scene to be horrifying. And also, the end sequence when you saw them uh, with... Uh, just kind of like dead on beanstalks, and yeah, like they're they're corn crucified. This this, this movie uh, spares no uh, character here. Like Vicky yeah. and Bert do both get murdered the hell out of in this movie, mm-hmm. which I desperately wanted to happen even earlier because, like I said, they're so annoying. Yeah, um, truly the scariest thing about this movie is the fact that you realize you have to spend a whole movie with these two characters. <laughs> Only you, about like forty five minutes with the first girl. Yeah, with Vicky. Old girl done died early. Mm-hmm. Um it just it you just realize you're trapped in there with them just like they're trapped with each other in this car. Mm-hmm. Which maybe is effective, but mm-hmm. probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the effects on uh I mean I guess this is premature, but the makeup on them when they're crucified was really good. Okay. Especially when he arrives in the cornfield and you're like, Oh, maybe she's still alive and I'm like, no, there's corn stalks coming out her eyes. There's... Yeah, that was uh that was rough. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, no, I just the, yeah, you're right. There were a couple of spooky scenes and there there's a certain amount of atmosphere here. Nah, I don't know if I want to say that. Um, but there's a couple scenes aside from like, there's a bunch of really wacky zooms on things that are important that like the screen flashes and it zooms like, look, the stoplight is out. Look, here's the thing who says corn. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of lame. What about the things that scared you? What were those? Um, there is a nightmare sequence that does utilize that kind of style to an actual effect. Um, it's a pretty cool thing where like it's flashbacks to earlier moments, but like the dead bodies will like open their eyes and start to move a little bit, but the background is kind of a, uh, I don't know, staticky. Mm-hmm. So like there, it's kind of like a lenticular thing almost. It's really bizarre to look at and kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, the scariest thing is having to spend time with these characters, especially because Vicky. I mean, this is an interracial relationship, so that's nice, I guess. Um, even though they hate each other, so that's not a great example for the rest of us. Their relationship was so bad. It was so bad. For not to divert myself immediately, but why was this movie set in 1975? There is no reason for that. Like this movie came out in 2009. When you're remaking a movie, update it. It's it's set even earlier than the original film. Oh really? Yeah, because the original film is set in the early 80s, which is when it came out. Mm-hmm. 
At least to my knowledge. I might be totally wrong. Um, yeah, I have no like idea as to why that could be. And it certainly didn't. It was hard to even figure out what year it was set in because we kept kind of like trying to figure out the year. Uh-huh. And so Until we, Bert literally says this is the mid-70s in a line. Yeah, because nothing about the movie reeks of like, oh, this is, you know, set at an earlier time frame. Like, yeah, they're in an old car, but, you know, who isn't? Um, yeah, and in a small town, small rural town like this, things don't really change. Yeah. Rural America is not known for changing much. Uh, uh-huh. uh, and the only thing is when they do reference that he isn't like a Vietnam vet or whatever. It's bizarre. But even that was kind of done uh, not as explicitly as they could have done it because she's just basically yelling so many things at him, talking about how he fought in a war at one point. And it's like, oh, you know, it could have been the Iraq War. I don't know. I, I've, it's explicit that it's Nam because she keeps shouting about Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because Candace McClure feels very 2009. Mm-hmm. Like she is her. She feels 2009, but the guy feels like he's Joel Egerton and loving. He feels old. Okay. Or maybe just because he looked like Joel Egerton looked, looked on the poster to like loving. Joel Egerton. He did. Um, but no, but Candace McClure just feels so. Almost not. I don't know if I want to say trendy, but her acting style is very current, at least to 2009 TV, and her hairstyle and her makeup style. It just she feels like 2009, and she keeps yelling about Nam, and I'm like, is he? Is she dating an 80 year old man? Mm-hmm. Like it just it feels very strange. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit the time period, and I hate it when a remake has the opportunity to update a concept, but they just jump right on back to the original time frame, which is pointless. Mm-hmm. The, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And while I do like that movie, there's no reason for it to be the 70s again. We've already had one in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to tell the same story, make it now. Uh-huh. Do you know, like, this is an aside, but do you know if Suspiria has been updated for contemporary times? I don't. Um... But there, there's a lot of things about that remake that you can change from the original, like giving it a plot. Okay. Um, I'm just curious to see where you're landing on this remake. No, we'll see. And look, I'm not saying that all remakes that do it are bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just frustrated by it because you're kind of cutting off a source of material to yourself and mm-hmm. just repeating the same thing even more thoroughly. Um, it's true. It's true. But anyway, and Vicky's just... She's acting so hard, my dude. She's yelling and she's screaming and trying to just make her teeth fly out. And just the sheer bracelets, the sheer amount of bracelets on her arm. Those bracelets are contemporary bracelets. They, Yeah, they are. I remember seeing a number of like late night uh, like uh, after school specials talking about the sex bracelets. Do you remember those? <laughs> I remember the idea of that. Like, parents, watch out your kids. They're... I don't know. They're doing rainbow parties and there's bracelets. Yeah. Like a certain kind of bracelet meant that you were willing to do something sexual. I think green meant you were willing to have sex for money or something. Who isn't, you know? Yeah. If the price is right. Um, it's a gig economy, man. So, uh, so yeah, those, those bracelets were contemporary. Yes. And I guess she did everything. Yeah. Good for her. Um. Yeah, we love bad. some modern. Oh, 21st oh yeah, for sure. Woman. Speaking of people who do everything, there is a straight up porno scene in the middle of this movie. Um, it's the the kids have are like fertilizing each other and making babies. Oh, yeah. and these two virgins are having sex, and it's straight up like it's it's a religious ceremony, and all the kids are watching, and it's supposed to be creepy, and it is. But the thing 
is the girl is like straight up porno writhing around and moaning mm-hmm. and you see her boobs which is inappropriate because she's clearly playing an under 18 year old which i'm not one to speak on this subject i don't think yeah but it anyway um kind of burned your bridges there fair enough but it's she's just like moaning with pleasure and that's it just doesn't fit this amish like or aesthetic or uh, aesthetic a-S-C-E-T-I-C, like depriving themselves almost Amish cult. Mm-hmm. Um, like they reject technology. They reject the modern lifestyle. Like the fact that she's a woman enjoying sex is not something that they would approve of, mm-hmm. I don't think, in that kind of cult. That whole scene was just clearly done by a man and a man who I feel knows very little about sex at all. Um, it was mm-hmm. done like a porno scene like you mentioned. Um, for virgins, they know exactly what to do, and it goes off swimmingly. And let me tell you what, no one's first time is as flawless as theirs was. Yeah, and they they both um, the finish. They both finish at the same yes, time. I was trying to find the right word. There's multiple not two. seconds. The scene went on for multiple seconds, Mo- like a minute and a half. Yeah, no man lasts that long <laughs> his first time. Sure, um, no comment. Anyway, <laughs> so. Um, no, but the thing is, she she's this is straight up a porno scene, and this is not how it should be. What I'm imagining is okay. You haven't read this book, but I'm imagining have you. No, I'm talking. I'm about to reference a book. Oh, okay. Which I have read. Um, I'm imagining like in 1984. Um, this is a future society where um, everyone's become a drone to this, you know, ultimate political leader, mm-hmm. and. Sex is deprived of its fun. It's just meant to be a reproductive thing. And like the the main guy's wife, she views sex as her duty to the party mm-hmm. and not for anyone's pleasure because that has been stripped away from it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think this scene should be. I mean, obviously, I don't want to watch that, but that's the thing that this cult would do. Mm-hmm. It just feels so wrong and like even more inappropriate than any your average like you know obligatory nude scene from a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's just messed up. I don't like it. That's okay. scary. Five out of five. Okay, so that's where the scare came from for you. Yeah, it was it was just too much. They were pushing the envelope too hard. Okay. Um, in in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. They were just trying too hard to be edgy. Anyway, I understand. What, what's your campiness score? Campiness score. Three. <gasps> Me too. Twins. For the fights. The fights? The fights between the two main characters. Between the main characters. Oh, you mean just the, you know, the actitude? Yeah. The, how over the top it was. How. Incessant. Uh, con- yeah. How forever. Um, how uh, just played up she was. Because she was really doing the most. Oh, man. I thought she was going to straight up explode. Mm-hmm. The only scene that I liked with her in it was when she saw the uh, corn crucifix, corn crucifix, and she was like, "Nope, throw this out. This is not oh, yeah. going to be in my car. Nope." And I was like, "Yes, finally, some sense out of this woman." Um, uh, uh, what else did? Oh, I think that's it for me. What? What say you, um, Brennan? I liked Isaac's giant hat because I mean, every every evil kid preacher needs to have a crazy hat in these movies that mm-hmm. would not be out of place in like a kombucha bar in Silver Lake. Um, but his hat is like three times the size of his head. 
It's like Carl in The Walking Dead. Um, I don't know, ate one of those mushrooms from Alice in Wonderland, but mm-hmm. it only affected his hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hats are really a touchstone of this series. Um, what else? Um, well, let's see. Um, the running scene in the end was pretty funny. You mean where they're just running through corn for like an hour? Yeah. And it's campy. It's like he's getting some good exercise in. Yeah, it's lazy guess. filmmaking. But oh, also, yeah. Funny. And when, when he ends up in the clearing where all the sacrifices happen, he sees the the crucified corpse of a cop, the Blue Man. Um, I forgot about the Blue Man. Oh yeah. Oh no. But every time he looks at the cop, the camera cuts to it, and you hear this weird, like, distant scream on the soundtrack, like ah. And it's it's too high pitched to either be Bert's or the cops, and I'm like, is this supposed to be cueing us to scream? <laughs> and it happens two or three times in that scene. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. A scream track, yeah. Um, and also, like any kid that's not Isaac or Malachi, um, acts like they're in a third grade production of The Crucible or something. It's so bad. I thought they were fine. They were uh, they're not supposed to be good. They're so I, I thought they were okay. No, and but it, these are by far the the non-main kid actors are the worst of the franchise, I would mm-hmm. say. Like the weakest cuz look, the, the this is a franchise that relies on kid actors, so we're not getting a lot of great talent here. Mm-hmm. But mm-mm, no way. All right. Um what did you think of Isaac and Malachi this time around? Um, I thought it was very, it channeled a lot of the original chemistry they had. Um, although they were more, less combative with one another. It wasn't that Malachi was like, you know, power hungry over Isaac or whatever. Um, or that was like alluded to, but never really fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they seemed more intent, more, uh, like intent on succeeding as a religious cult so like, i appreciated that yeah they were more focused they had more structure they some mm-hmm. there was someone to read minutes at their meetings probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i liked uh, i have to admit that they ended up being the victors in the end yeah that was a nice um, change or i guess not a nice change but it, just it, a change. it's something different yeah that you appreciate mm-hmm. I, I can see that i don't know i i feel like they completely lack with the important qualities that made Isaac and Malachi so interesting in the first movie mm-hmm. because you, they, they're just not explored quite as much. Yeah. Isaac definitely fell flat. Yes. Isaac. He's well, a lot younger. Uh, he's actual Isaac age mm-hmm. and he, he's no John Franklin. He doesn't have that just hollow bitterness. Mm-hmm. He's just a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the playing one, it up. Yeah. The one thing I will say to Malachi is they definitely applied the Courtney Gaines hair and general character to him. Who the hell's Courtney Gaines? The guy who played Malachi in the original. Oh. Um, but this actor, he'd be cute. And let me let me tell you something. First of all, he's canonic. This is, you know, the conversation we've had through all of these. He's canonically 18 in this movie because he has to sacrifice himself to the corn once uh-huh. they lower the death age um, because the god is mad. But also, the actor at the time this movie came out was 28 years old, which, one, hilarious. Two, older than me, so we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Older than me? Yeah. Um, also, check out his Instagram. His name is Daniel Newman, and he's... Why are you plugging other pe- random actors' Instagram? He's now? so hot now. It's great. He's okay. I love him. He's, he's, I'm his new biggest fan. He was on The Walking Dead for a minute, too average you've never seen an episode of the, well you have seen episodes. i've seen two full seasons thank you very much and yeah. then i stopped yeah 
back in the day. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Uh-huh. Learning new things about you all the time. I know. It's just a magical wonderland that is our relationship. Um, Whatever. So that aside, I thought that Malachi was okay. Um, Can I drop a super secret bomb on you? Sure. Does it shock you that I've read the graphic novels of The Walking Dead? Or most of them? You are a well-read man. Um, so no. Okay, whatever. It does not shock me. I'm just not a comics guy normally. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Um, Malachi's hot. That's the most important thing to remember. He's really not. Look, you you know we love us like a good ginger, the two of us. Second I, of all. Okay. He's great. He's okay. I'm always happy to find a new person to follow on Instagram, and I recommend it. I recommend Instagram. <laughs> five out of five stars. Anyway, we leave with nothing else today. Know that we both love Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I almost forgot the, mo- the literally most important thing about the movie, which is... The music that plays during the end credits. So let oh. me let me let me lay the bed of this track for you. First of all, we get the. Can gen- we at least like go into effects as we're doing this? Yes. Um, so basically, you get the general normal kid chanting of children in the corner. Was like. Ah. I did like that that same soundtrack from before. Oh yeah, great great stuff. But then it starts getting this kind of like thumping R and B beat. This like. I can't do it. Yeah, you know nothing um, and about like, R&B. Uh, and literally, I, I could see Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele humping madly to this song. Like, that's how, how funky the beat is. And then, and then, it starts going all Skrillex on us. It's like, It's just so 2009, and I loved it so much. It brought me such joy. And you made me turn it off. I was very sad. I'm sorry. I found it to be annoying. Um, it was only. Uh, n- never mind. I, I have nothing good to say about this song. No, um, look, it is a piece of horror film music on par with the disco theme of Friday the 13th Part 3 for sheer awful, misguided trendiness. And I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Brennan does love himself a bad soundtrack. Sure, I do. Uh, what's your effects score? Um, my effects score. I give this movie a two. Yeah, I agree. There I think, were no effects. We agree oh, no. so much with these. Well, whatever. What effects um, were there in this okay, movie? Look, there, there were some actually good ones. Like it was almost a three, but the effects are so mundane and like kind of unremarkable. The makeup was good. Yeah. Um. So we got the. There's a part in the beginning where they sacrifice a pig and it starts gushing blood, which is pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh yeah, another thing I loved about this movie, the only thing I genuinely loved about this movie was how willing it was to just murder the hell out of its kids. Um, you just mentioned earlier that you loved the soundtrack. No, you just mentioned the genuine thing, the only genuine thing you loved. Oh, you're right. Good point. I guess this movie is great. A masterpiece. Uh, I was trying to get you to hate the soundtrack. Oh, no, whatever. Continue on your point. No, okay. There are you three, love the there are three things children. I love. Looking at Malachi's face. Um, listening to the dubstep. He was covered in blood half the time. I'm into it. Let's go. Um, just kidding. Um, and then just the sheer willingness and audacity to kill their kids. It reminds me of the, the massacre scene when the giant corn monster in uh, part three, Urban Harvest, just destroys half the cult. Sorry, I, I peaked my audio there. I was excited. Mm-hmm. Um, just destroys half the cult in like 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And there, there is a part where um, Bert goes full Vietnam and just stabs a bunch of kids, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And there's some good effects in there too. Um, yeah, uh effects they happen it's good makeup okay 
Fair enough. Let okay. Um, I think I, I've been getting off the leash a little hard, so let's start to wrap up. What's your overall quality score? Uh, my overall quality score is a two. I shockingly agree. Okay. Honestly, I thought you were going to go for a one because you seemed really bored by this movie. I was really bored by it. I don't think that they did anything interesting, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one, I mean, the one thing that I thought was okay was the, the fact that the end, like the bad people, survive in the end to see another day. Uh-huh. Um, that but, was the only thing of note that none of the other movies did, as far as I remember. Did any of them do that? Um, <sighs> or does good triumph over evil in all of them? Good tends to triumph. Yeah, I think good has triumphed. Mm-hmm. Or at least there is a survivor. This one kind of just left you with this, like... Yeah, th- there's always a survivor, and then there's the gag at the end where it's like, they're coming back. Mm-hmm. The corn's in Hamburg. Mm-hmm. This one was, yeah. Remember that? Oh, boy. The German corn. Uh... The filmmakers have never remembered it. Mm-hmm. This one was more, I guess, kind of nihilistic. Yeah, uh, it was. So... Which is much more in tune with the Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. So... So I liked that, but aside from that, the characters were boring. The actors were bad. Yes, there was agreed. no good cinematography. Not that I would expect that from the uh, sci-fi network, but uh-huh. I thought it was too modern to ever really get lost in the moment and think that this is 1975. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like little tiny things that add up to an overall negative experience, which is why it gets with a two. Well, what brought it up from a one, though? Like, Was there anything redeemable about it? It was a. It just wasn't the worst. It just wasn't the worst. It wasn't six 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 Isaac's return. It wasn't the last one. Yes. Oh God. Oh man. Um, it had enough throwback to the original that I was like, okay, let me compare and contrast and kind of enjoy myself in the process. Yeah, and I, I think the characters are much emptier here, but I, I might actually venture to say I think this one's probably better directed than the first movie. Um, that's not saying a lot, and it's a very low bar to clear. Um, but even like the opening credit sequence kind of struck me. It's voiceover of them in the car over a bunch of close-ups of items in the car. That's just establishing these characters in a kind of interesting way. Um, and by showing us the things they have chosen to bring with them on this road trip and having us kind of build out our idea of what they are by looking at these little snippets of their life before they show us their faces. Mm-hmm. And that is a decision that we would never have gotten from Fritz Kirsch, director of the 1984 original. Mm-hmm. And there are little moments like that um, where I'm kind of like, all right, someone someone was awake while making this movie. I, w- uh-huh. I wouldn't say like doing a great job, but doing yeah. something. Uh-huh. Um, and to your point, it was interesting that they killed the kids in this one and treated them just like collateral damage. I do love that because these kids are the villains and a lot of the movies are really scared to do anything, mm-hmm. you know, cause killing a it's child a is taboo. a, yeah, it's a taboo. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I look, I obviously don't condone killing kids in real life, but when a movie goes for it, it it's, it gets kind of nuts and I do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so at least it, it, it took a risk in some way, mm-hmm. both by getting rid of its main characters and by killing a lot of children. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you tried Pat Pat Good job Children of the Corn 2009 I will say It's a lot better Than I thought A sci-fi remake Had any right to be Yeah I was kind of Dreading it And look I'm not holding on To this Blu-ray That I own I'm selling it Right on back to Amoeba But uh-huh. it could have Been a lot worse um, Anyway 
I'm going to tell you what we're doing next week, and we're we'll do some guesses. But first, here's how you can get in contact with the show. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review us. And our theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. Um, next week, we're going to be hitting up Damien one more time with Omen, uh, Omen 4, The Awakening. Mm. Um, but before we sign off, I want to do some guesses as to the next film in the Corn franchise we're doing, which is the penultimate film. We're, it'll be 9 out of 10. We're almost at the end. There's a light on the horizon. Um, anyway, we're going to be reviewing in two weeks Children of the Corn Genesis, which came out in 2011. Ooh, so recent. Yeah, this is the second film to be subtitled named after a book of the Bible because we got Revelation last time. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think this movie is going to be about? Maybe we'll get more interaction with He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Yeah, he's really taken a backseat in these past couple ones, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. I'm hoping for that. Me too. I think Genesis makes me feel like it's a prequel in some way. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, obviously, I don't think we're going to get any of these characters or any version of them, really. Mm-hmm. But if it, if it, maybe it's like the first time He Who Walks Behind the Rose ever, you know, showed up uh, or something. Explains how he got to fall in love with uh, Isaac, how they got acquainted. Yeah. Or, or even like, um, I don't know, some kids in Gatlin. Wouldn't it be great if it, like... If it went like full tilt period piece where it's like, these it's the 1880s. Here's some kids who have actual sides because there's no guns that exist. Or mm-hmm. well, that's my history is bad there. But when that, it's, it's just the witch, but with children of the corn. Mm-hmm. I'd be into that. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Let's watch this movie right now. Okay. Uh, well, I guess we got to sign off so I can pop in my standard def DVD of children of the corn Genesis. Cool. Until next time. Good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks, we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies, and both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.